Football Ferns suffer yet another defeat. Haven't won a game in their last 10 matches. Not good enough. In fact, watching them, simply woeful. Dreadful football is the only way you can describe it. And I just scratch my head at why we're so bad at this level. Because I turn up on the weekends take my son to football, and I just see so many young girls, so many young women playing the game. It is huge. Yet for some reason, whether it be not picking the right players, we just don't seem to be able to perform. In any other form of football, your coach is gone at this point. You are sacked. You are gone. Yet Jitka Klimkova remains the coach. She'll sit there, she'll look frustrated, asked by the media, she will appear frustrated. The reality is, she needs to go, and she needs to go now, and we should be able to have that conversation. Why aren't our mainstream media asking the hard questions? If this was the All Blacks, they would be asking the hard questions. This was the Warriors, they would be asking the hard questions. Why is no one asking the hard questions? 0800 150 811 is the number. That is the first topic I want to bring up. People that are out there that play football, that understand the women's game in this country, can you try and bring me some clarity on this? We host the Women's FIFA Football World Cup here. We want a national team that's going to create some nationalism, some unity, like the Black Ferns did with the Women's Rugby World Cup last year. That is not going to happen at the moment. Are our players not mature enough? Is it suddenly just at another level? FIFA Football World Cup, the games, the opportunities they're getting. Are they starstruck? I'm scratching my head. I want to know. 0800 150811 is the number. Text us here on the Temper Bedpost text machine on 8833. Uh, look, the other issue, and I want to kick this off too. I've got a um, stalwart of Wellington Club Rugby about to join us on the program, Brad Hudson. And part of the reason I've got Brad on the program is I want to... He's frustrated. He sent me a message last night. The Hurricanes announced yesterday that their blockbuster top-of-the-table clash with the Chiefs this Saturday will now be played at a family-friendly kickoff time of 2.35pm. Now, the kickoff has been moved from its original time of 5 past 7 due to delays in planned Sky Stadium floodlight upgrades. Now, Sky Stadium had hoped to have the upgrades completed last week ahead of the Hurricanes versus Chiefs match, but safety concerns due to high winds have meant contractors lost half their available workdays, and so thus it's been 235 Okay, but what about senior club rugby in Wellington? Any consideration for that whatsoever? Or is this just another example of New Zealand rugby saying we don't actually care about club rugby? Because one thing I'll say about Wellington club rugby, I think it's got a lot more cut through than possibly what club rugby does have in some of the other big centres. Brad Hudson has his own little sports production company, does a lot of commentary for the clubs, in Wellington, a lot of the live streaming. He joins us on the program. Brad, good afternoon. Welcome. Oh, we haven't got him yet? No, we haven't got him yet? Okay. 
0800-150811 is the number if you do want to phone the program. Just, should I go to Cliff? We'll go to Cliff. Hi, Cliff. Yeah, good day, Mark. How you doing? Good, thank you. Hey, good. Hey, I listened to uh, Smithy. He put that bit on with Ricardo this morning about the ladies' football. I was listening to the coach, and I thought, gosh, how 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 would you deal with that? With a bunch of girls sitting around or standing there, and she's talking. It was just a real hard listen. I mean, she she came across as very staid. There was no, there's nothing in her about her voice. It, it just doesn't change. And and I think to myself, do these girls, can young girls from say 16 to 20, early 20s, really capture? Does she capture them? And then I and then I watched a bit of the game the other day, and I thought, gosh, the girls are quite good at ha- keeping the ball. They play good box triangle as though they're practicing, but actually to actually do anything more with the ball, that's when it becomes tricky. They seem to go quite good at staying in the middle of the park and maybe drifting backwards. But at the end of the day, the opposition don't care. If you, you're no threat to them with the ball, they just let you have it because sooner or later you make a mistake and they, they take it off you and then they end up scoring. And I think that's our problem. Well, one, just, of, one, just, yeah, one of the things I've noticed, Cliff, and I, I say it with the New Zealand men's team as well, we're just not comfortable on the ball. We just don't appear to feel like we've got time when a player's in possession. And the accuracy of the passing at this level is just simply not good enough. Um, I don't know whether it's a fitness thing, um, but look, I th- at the end of the day, clearly you'd assume that the makeup of this team in the eyes of most people is probably 80% right. We'll all have, you know, there'll always be an area of contention and, you know, some players in and some players out. But my point is we've got the majority of the team right, I I would have thought, on the talent available. So the one common denominator and it's the currency for every football team in the world when a team underperforms is sack the coach. And I'm not sure why we're not doing it and I'm not sure why the media are not asking that question. Well, we're ranked, say, 26 in the world and I just don't know how we ever got that high. Because in women's football, there's a lot of good sides. The European yeah. teams, well, we played Iceland. Now, they, they weren't ranked great at all. And we drew one all with them. And then we get cleaned up by Nigeria 3-0. I'd say that we, looking at our team, we'd be lucky if we'd be ranked in, say, 70 to 100, the way we look. Because we don't look very dangerous. We don't look like we have any options on the field. We don't really... <sighs> Look, I never liked the old English style of putting the boot upfield and hopefully you can get the head. But if we're just going to try and go boxed, uh, you know, around in a wee square, tapping backwards and forwards and then going backwards, just like the men's do we, but we, we seem to be quite good at going back to the goalie. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I, I've heard Clem um, Cover, the coach in the past, talk about just trying to develop a much higher level of skills and all the rest of it. This is not the time to do it. This is a World Cup, and so you've got to look at your players and go, what's their plumbing? What is their skill set? How do we play the game in this country? Is it the long ball through? Do you sit up high up on the defensive line and put the long ball through? Is it the old school way? Do you play wide? Do you play, um, you know, do you press? Do you push high up on the park? Do you sit back on defence? I'm not sure, but your players will know, and they'll know the type of style that best suits them. And so a smart coach just needs to look at the players and go, look, rather than trying to create a revolution, maybe it's just a subtle evolution. And I think possibly that's where we're going wrong at the moment. Is it time for Klimkova, the football ferns coach, 
to be sacked and bring somebody else in, different voice, different way of doing things. We're not going to perform with her at the helm. We're not. So there's not an excuse to say it's too late. Not, it's never too late. We've just seen Australia, England, Wales all sack rugby coaches not that far out from a Rugby World Cup. But we're not winning. In fact, this White Ferns team is starting to become the embarrassment on the New Zealand sporting landscape. I don't need to hear about the journey. I don't need to hear about all the lovely little uh, adjectives that describe it and what a wonderful opportunity and you know creating the pathway for the next generation. Over that crap, it's about winning. That's all it is. That's the currency at elite level sport. It's about winning, guys or girls. 0800 150811 is the number. Hey, just some texts that have come off the discussion. And I realised that maybe our uh, spread is a little bit limited this hour just due to the farming show uh, going on in some parts of the country across the network. I've got one. In regards to people not asking the hard question of the women's football team, and this comes from Josh, he says, to be honest, I just don't think they are in the media spotlight. The first I've heard of their losing streak. That was Josh, interesting one. Someone suggesting that part of the reason why the media are going quiet on the women's coaching situation because it involves a female. Um, I reckon that's why New Zealand Rugby appointed Dame Patsy. Well, no, I don't think there's a lot of truth in that, but I do think there is a little bit of a fear factor from male journalists in this country to ask the hard questions sometimes of our female teams. Um, it is a very sensitive time and I just think some people don't wind up being in the headlines for asking a hard question. Probably the space where female journalists need to come and ask the hard questions and the hard questions do need to be asked. Uh, this team should be able to be critiqued and everybody should be able to feel like they can do it. Clearly you need to do it in an intelligent way and you need to just ask the questions. But the thing is, I guess the thing is, if we were to sack Jitka Klimkova, the coach, who do you bring in? That's often the thing, isn't it? Who do you bring in? Who wants the job? What are the coaching stocks like out there? You know, you want to drop an all black. Let's get rid of Kieran Reid at eight. Okay, well, who do you bring in as his replacement? Now, I think one thing that I think New Zealand football have got to be careful of and sports in general have got to be careful of, and that's saying, well, it's a male's team, so we've got to have a male coach. It's a female team, we've got to have a female coach. No, just have the best coach. That should be the rule because sometimes you don't have a lot of people putting their hand up for these jobs and you reduce the talent pool even more when you decide to go, well, it needs to be male or it needs to be female. Just have the best coach. We had that discussion yesterday. I think that's really important. But I'd imagine that Dave Beach and those running this FIFA Football World Cup are going to be wanting to hope some miracle that this team can turn up at Eden Park on the opening game and put a good number out and beat a team like Norway. Can't see it happening. Anybody watch the game? Anybody follow women's football at a much higher level than I do? I'd love to hear from you. Tell us your thoughts on 0800-150-811. Equally, Wellington Club Rugby this weekend, New Zealand Rugby shifting this Hurricanes game against the Chiefs to 2.30 for family-friendly times, not considering that it's actually a pretty big weekend in club rugby with a lot of clubs um, having a, what's the word, um, what, what was the word Brad used? Um, 
almost a legacy day. A lot of older players coming back to their clubs, luncheons being prepared, and then suddenly the Hurricanes are on. They're the ones that will be watching Super Rugby. They're the ones that are likely to turn up and pay tickets to go. Is this just another sign that club rugby again is just a distant memory? Forget about that. We're only interested in the television. We're only interested in the money side of it. We're only interested in the professional side of it. Are we allowed to take that from the fact they've rescheduled it during senior club rugby? 0800 150811. Someone texting in here. Mark, maybe Wayne Smith should take over the White Ferns. That comes from Maggie. Great text, Maggie. The Magic Man. I'm pleased it's Wayne Smith because five years ago it would have been John Hart, would have been Sir Graham Henry. They were almost a default setting any time a team got themselves into trouble, bring those guys in. Um, somebody saying again, you could get Wayne Smith, you could get Ted in, and they'd instantly be a 15 percent better. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Hey Sam, look, you've played a lot of football. You've been on a scholarship to um, the states. Look, the currency of this game when a team performs that badly, you sack the manager. It, that is just what you do in football. That is what is done, and right or wrong, a lot of the time it seems to be actually the reason why our teams may be not performing clearly. With the best intentions, Klim Kova, what she's trying to do with this side is not working. The players are simply not reacting or the style of football she's trying to get them to play just doesn't fit their skill set or fit their individual plumbing. Correct. And I have had this conversation actually with Steph before that I think our, our female um, national football team is one of the most underperforming teams we've got in this country because... Well-resourced. Well-resourced. A lot of those um, women play in, uh, go on scholarships to the United States yep. to play college football over there. Um, some of them play in the Premier League over in England. Um, they're playing all over Europe. This isn't uh, a, a selection of women from, you know, Birkenhead United. These guys, yeah. are co- these women are coming from professional clubs. So they should be a lot better than they are. Should I mean, look, you're not expecting them, like the All-Whites, you're not expecting them to win a World Cup and, and you know, or make a semi-final. But, gee, they should be beating Teams like Nigeria and Iceland, yeah, I would yeah, think. And, and, yeah, let's be honest. New Zealand football have put a huge emphasis on this. The men's team are lucky to get a game a year. These girls have played 10 since September. And okay, yeah. admittedly, it's a FIFA Football World Cup. And I've always said this about women's sport. I've always said perhaps internationally there's still not quite the depth um, within countries, within leagues. And therefore, if you really want a point of view, you've probably got a better chance in a lot of women's sports. So therefore, that's where you should be placing your emphasis. We see it at the Olympics. We're getting more and yep. more of our women winning Olympic medals. And it's going to get tougher and tougher as sport develops and grows amongst women athletes and, and maybe catches up a little bit to where men's sport has gone and for a whole lot of different reasons. But... I don't have a problem with investing in the women's game, but if they're not going to perform at the top level, the money needs to be invested in coaching and needs to be invested at a grassroots level rather than for the national team. And we do have a very strong grassroots um, layer of football in New Zealand, big, big numbers at all the clubs. It is one of the most participated sports in this country. Um, And a lot of them continue playing during high school, after high school. They play club football, they play socially. Um, Not a lot of players sort of get lost. And I think to, you know, Footballing-wise, I think the reason why Danny Hay, I felt, was successful with the Whites, and granted, towards the end, they weren't scoring goals, and you can talk about that all day, but I th- part of the reason why I think he was actually successful was he was a Kiwi. So he knew he understood yeah. the New Zealand football psyche, and, and a lot of those players wanted to play football, and under other coaches, they were told not to. They were told to, you know, um, ping it long, sit back defensively, close the, the shape, play for a draw. Yeah. At least they play exciting football. Look, I was having this discussion with a female colleague out here before we came on air about 
uh, do you fast track women into certain positions? And there's an argument, yes, you should, because that's the only way you're going to change things. And there's some merit in that. I think, well, yeah, you want to create equal opportunity, but you've got to let things naturally evolve. And I, I think we've got to be careful in this country that because it's a women's team, somehow we've got to have a women's coach where if there's greater depth amongst the men and there's more men putting their hand up and there is a male perhaps better qualified, don't be afraid to give it to a male coach. If the best coach happens to be a woman's coach, great, appoint the woman's coach. Because I think what you actually end up doing is just reducing the talent pool. I don't think, you know, I think originally, um, the, uh, sorry, Lick, is it Jitka Kim Klimkova? I'm trying yep. to get the pronunciation yep. right. But um, I think initially she, she sort of had a, a resume that did sort of sa- sound like she'd be a good person for the job. But, you know, sometimes these things don't work out. Work out. Like I said, you've got to understand a, a completely different culture and country and style of play. Um, can, I, and can, can I ask you this? How good would Danny Hay be in charge of the... It's a great question, actually. He'd probably do all right, Danny I think Hay. He would, wouldn't he? I actually really respect Danny Hay for a so number of I. reasons. I I think, you know, reading between the lines and talking to a lot of football people, the reason why that tenure sort of came to an end was there was a generational gap. So you had a lot of the older players who bought into Danny style, his philosophy, and they were happy to, uh, I guess, be strong leaders in the team. But you had a whole generation of very young footballers that had come up through guys like Des Buckingham and who came into Danny's system and perhaps felt like the older guys were treated too too royally um, and, and their view wasn't being heard. And that's, to me, just a generational dynamic. But coaching-wise, Danny's a very, very good. You yeah. talk to anyone, he's a very, very smart, astute coach, good man manager, um, and does get the best out of his players. Yeah. So, And I, I thought um, too part of Danny Hayes' problem is that he just wasn't getting the support from New Zealand football in regards to some sort of calendar. Oh, that's that's always been some the, sort of the, opportunity the, yeah. saying, "Hey, look, you've got a window here, and during those FIFA windows, we're going to be playing regular football." Well, which, re- is, which is the only way you're going to progress. Yeah, New Zealand football, and I'll, I'm happy to go hard on them because they're a bit of a shambles themselves. They're, they're a classic organisation where they've got people running the organisation who don't know anything about football. They're just businessmen in suits and ties. They don't actually have any ties to the actual game itself, and don't really know how it should be run. So, are you talking New Zealand football or New Zealand rugby? Or New Zealand cricket. <laughs> or is it New Zealand cricket? Well, like, let's you, be honest. What sport in this country has actually run half decent? that's what I'm saying. Let's everything, be honest. But everything, that's what I'm saying. That's why I talked about yesterday, getting rid of all of these sort of quotas and everything. Just get the best people in because that is the problem. Everything's just become a business now, hasn't it? And you've got to still understand the essence of your product. Yeah. And your product's not just the game. Your product is the fans. The product is the person that stands in the bar at the club and all of that. That's the product, understanding the essence of it. I agree. I absolutely agree. Um, can you tell me what sports actually run properly, like well, in this country? Well, basketball. I, 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 I don't think know breakers. Bas- I think breakers are doing a pretty good job. Basketball have got a nice national basketball league. The biggest problem for basketball is that there's so much demand; they just don't have the courts to meet it. Like demand from key, from young Kiwis. Yeah. Well, it's then huge. That, well, that's an easy answer, isn't it? Yeah. What's that? Boom more courts. Yeah, I, mean, I know. If you've got, you if you got, the, if you got the, the demand, surely yeah, you've got the but money. but I mean, a lot of it relies on resources and council resources. But also, basketball courts must be just about the cheapest facilities to maintain. Mm. Right? Mm. Like a football pitch requires a lot of maintenance yeah. from ground staff, and you have other sports that play on the fields and all mm. that sort of You know, people go down there after after hours, et cetera. But gyms generally must be some of the – I mean, yes, they're expensive to build initially, but surely they're, they're one of the easiest things to maintain. Well, I also think a biggest problem with a lot of sport is that these days 
it's all about their elite programs and they get their funding through High Performance NZ and that's where most well, of their yeah, money comes in. Yeah. And so that's just a shop window and that's the only thing they seem to spend any time and resource on. Yeah. Mind you, it is very hard for some sports, like surfing. So you're the national body of surfing. How do you capture the guy that goes surfing every night at Mirawai Beach who works and is just there as a casual? Cycling, do they need a club? They've got their own little community, haven't they? Yeah. I know when I sat on the board of triathlon and you're looking at the club situation, you go, well, how many triathletes actually need a club? They need a coach, but do they need a club? And there are challenges facing sport, but they're challenges you can still overcome if you've got the right people in place. Does this um, also bring into um, question you know, the story about um, Zane Robertson, who felt as though he had to do what he had yeah. to do because he needed the money to survive, and he knows that he only gets the money by performing. That that's, is the problem with high-performance sport in New Zealand. It's so results-focused that you only get mm. money if you get something at the Olympics, and that yeah. does create yeah. a, a model where, See, you know... I would rather, in the short term, with our elite athletes, if we're going to have that model, I'd rather, in this country, that we say, right, rather than just flicking money out to every sport, let's spend money, as you talked about, let's spend money on bricks and mortar. Mm-hmm. So let's take water polo as an example. Go on. We're potentially number nine in the world in water polo. We've got a very good women's program. I think we could be a lot better. But the biggest problem that faces that sport is just actually facilities. It's actually just time in the water. There is just nowhere that water polo players can play regularly. Um, And yet huge demand for our players in the collegiate system and the whole lot. And you're thinking to yourself, why don't we, in swimming pools, you know, you look at Lewis Clearbird, he's swimming in some shitty pool in Wellington, Danian Loder, no mm. decent quality 50 metre pools like Australia. Spend the money on the bricks and mortar and spend money on coaching. And if you get those two things right, everything else then starts to fall into line anyway. Yeah, and we lose a lot of a lot of athletes overseas um, because the facilities are better, right? Because of the training, you know. You know, I spent time in Australia training and you just wake up there at six o'clock in the morning on the Gold Coast. You go down to two 50-metre outdoor pools. You've got Dennis Cottrell, one of the great Australian coaches. There's Michael Klim. There's um, Grant Hackett. And then you've suddenly got a pool next door which is clear and you've got your mates and you're doing the thing. It's $3 to get in. And what it actually just put in context how good Daniel Loder was to do what he did, but you just think, no wonder the Aussies are so good at this. Yeah. But it comes down to bricks and mortar. You know, and the thing with coaching is, you know, within the realms, but coaches, athletes come and go, coaches last forever. You know, their life in the sport is actually a lot longer than an athlete's, isn't it? Mm. Anyway, we sort of digress a little bit. If you want to comment on off the back of any of that, 0800 150 is the number. Um, what's the resolution here for the FIFA Football World Cup? Maybe Danny Hayes, short-term solution. Let's get rid of Klim Kova. Who's prepared to make the tough call? Where are the media out there asking the hard questions? Why are they not asking the hard questions? Are they scared to? Is it the role of our female journalists perhaps to come in and ask the right questions because perhaps they own that space? 0800 150 Yeah, just, just again, uh, and we'll try and sort of have this theme, and I think it's worth discussing. You know, I, what do we do with this New Zealand women's football team? They are the underachievers of New Zealand sport. Huge amount of resource put into them, more than the men's team. Much higher ranking than the men's team, but haven't won a game in the last 10 games. Drew one all with Iceland. Beaten earlier this morning 3-0 by Nigeria. Tickets on sale. Does Klimkova step down now? Should she resign? You can't sack the entire team. You just can't. That's just not realistic. You heard Sam Hewitt. These are good players. These players come from some pretty good footballing backgrounds in terms of where they play their football, some in the collegiate system, some playing professionally overseas. You can't sack 11 or 13 or 14 players, but you can sack a coach. That is the currency overseas. You sack the coach. 
it doesn't take much in the English Premier League. We, we, we just don't seem to be able to... We just don't seem to be able to make the hard decisions in this country. We want to be seen by the rest of the world as being fully professional, but we, when it comes to making the hard decisions, we don't follow through with it. You know, when was the last time a rugby coach in this country got sacked for poor performances? Really good quick text coming in here from Dan, and I wonder whether there's some merit in this, that Klimkova has signed a five-year contract, too expensive to dump, Yeah, buying her out. Can New Zealand afford to do that? Why do you sign a coach up for five years? Five-year contract. 